Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Hey, folks, welcome back again to Police Pod Talk. We're at it again with Jeff and uh, from Michigan. Uh, he's my brother, and uh, I think I've already told you. I don't have to get into all of that. But anyway, <laughs> hey, um, we, back in the day, one of my second guests on my uh, Pod Talk show was a judge, uh, Fran Gall. And she talked about her job and, you know, how she got started and everything. But, I mean, she's a judge, and, you know, people got to go to court and everything. And we wanted to talk a little bit more about actual court, uh, what it's about, what happens, uh, what do you have to do if you go. I mean, you've already got your ticket or you've already been arrested or whatever, and, and there's a court. I mean, even as parents, you want to know what in the heck is going on. What do I, what do I have, uh, hoops do I have to jump through? So, I mean, Jeff is back again with us. Hey, Jeff. Top of the morning to you. Okay. He's back again, and he himself, he's going to tell us a, a story about the time he had to go to uh, court and was selected as a juror. I always got out of it. Uh, I never got picked because <laughs> as soon as they asked me, well, could I be impartial, I said, no, he's guilty because he's sitting over there. <laughs> and they usually let me leave. But, Jeff, you go right ahead and tell us about the time you went to court and almost messed everything up. <laughs> let a guilty man go free. But go ahead. <laughs> Oh man! So this is uh, again. This is a rewind. We're uh, we're we're taking a topic that was out there in the past and uh, putting a little different spin on it. Um, and the the cool thing about it is uh, everyone obviously has opinions as it pertains to jury duty and being picked for jury duty. Let's just start from the beginning. <clears throat> so if you start from the beginning, it's it's more of. Nobody wants to go to jury duty. It's like has this stigma about it. Oh, it's going to take up my day and blah, blah, blah. Well, it does. I mean, but as a citizen of the United States, you sometimes have to sit on a jury. Mm -hmm. That's part of your duty. Mm -hmm. That should be part of your duty. You should take it seriously. And I had never been, to, I'd, I'd been to jury duty, but, you know, they call like, you know, 25 people. They go, right. and I never got called. But this time, I skipped the first time. Because you get one pass. The second time, they're like, no, nah, you need to be there. So I had to show up. Wait, wait, wait. Let me go back. You just didn't show up at all. That I did not say those words. You said you skipped it. I did, but you do get a free pass. I called in and said, hey, I can't make it. They wait, said, you started out by talking about, it's your American dream to be on a jury or whatever it is. You, I wrote it down. <laughs> and it's, then you're going to turn around and tell us you skipped I jury did, duty? I didn't skip it. It is your duty, you said. And you skipped it. This is a this is a fifteen twenty minute segment, man. What's it's gonna turn into? Well, I'm sorry, I heard that. I wrote it down. I was I was saluting you there for a second, and then you skipped it. I heard your Star Spangled Banner playing in the background, and you skipped jury duty. There's no contradiction there, folks. Okay. You do get a pass. I had something going on. I could. You you have look. Apparently, you never go will to jury you, duty. Will you tell you? Will you tell the story? No, no. Don't try to cut me off and shut me down. It's free country, American American duty. <laughs> All right, oh all right. Enough of that. Uh, anyways, so the second time is uh, I got picked for a jury, and 
roughly about 2007, I believe it was. Kids are younger. Um, hey, I was having a rough time. I was in between positions. Uh, me and uh, like 20,000 of my closest friends got laid off from this company. And it's a massive company. Anyways, so I go to jury duty and my jury number was like 26 and every, they were up until like, you know, 508. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I check in, I go over and get like six donuts, a bunch of magazines. I'm thinking I'm going to be there all day just waiting. They called three numbers and they called number 26. So I had to go down to, uh, what is that called, Vordier? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm thinking. Well, you were selected as I, one of them. Right? I, was a, I was selected to go down into the courtroom, yes. Okay, so what happened to the donuts? <clears throat> did you eat them or did you leave them laying on the table? <laughs> he sat right there. And okay. to this day, I think about those donuts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So number 26 come up and you're yeah. there. Okay. We're hit, and the, the funny thing about it is we're headed down for this jury. I don't know what it's about. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And everybody's whispering and getting all excited. I'm like, what is this? What are they seating a jury for? They said it was the Orange Taylor trial. Well, who the hell is Orange Taylor? Um, quick background. We were living in Ypsilanti Township at the time. Mm-hmm. Inside of Ypsilanti is Eastern Michigan University. Okay. EMU, um, roughly, I don't know, maybe six months in so earlier, there was a, a young lady in her dorm. Her dorm mate uh, on the other side of the shared bathroom called and said she smelled something bad. She cleaned the bathroom. They came up, found her dead in the room. They found this young lady dead in the room, right? Mm. So uh, they found her. There's a pillow over her face. And anyways, they arrested a gentleman. His name was Orange Taylor. So Orange Taylor is in a, so everybody's all excited. It's a murder trial. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't need to be in a murder trial, right? I don't understand what's going on. So I'm thinking, well, we'll get down there and I'll sit around down there and won't get picked. They called three numbers and they called number 26. Mm. So I ended up sitting in the seventh chair. So I'm thinking, well, I didn't know how this worked. Now, Cleveland, do you know how it works? When you see the jury, I thought they just asked a bunch of questions and they brought another group of people up. No. no. Once you've been picked, you know, you got the, the defense and the uh, prosecutor there going through their mm-hmm. list of people. And, I mean, I always enjoyed it because if I'm sitting at the table, I was part of getting to pick people. Okay. And they would say, what do you think of that person? I mean, everyone had turned in an application. You remember yeah. turning in all yep. that information? Mm-hmm. So they're looking at them and listening to them answer questions. They're asking a bunch of questions, mm-hmm. and you get to stay or go. You yeah. know, they can go up and they get so many strikes. Mm-hmm. And they go up and tell the judge who they want, or they'll say, okay, we agree. Now, number 25, number 8, number mm-hmm. 5, you're free to go. Yeah. And they don't have to tell you why. No. They just you have to go. Yeah. So when they're done, if you don't get thrown out thrown out you're you're stuck yeah. you're stuck there yeah <laughs> so but yeah it, it's kind of a neat thing if you're the uh detective you get to sit there and and pick people and you can look over and look at somebody and say no that shirt doesn't match with the pants they got to go you know and they'll go okay scratch them off <laughs> amazing <laughs> here i am taking it seriously you guys are talking about shirts and pants <laughs> lovely you, the you ju- gotta look right so as our father used to say the judicial system okay go on <laughs> anyways i didn't know how that worked right it just right. happened. So here's my problem. Everybody knew about this trial. And when the prosecuting attorney said, who here has read something in the newspaper on the news about this trial? Everyone's hand went up but mine. <laughs> I became 
just fresh meat in the water for sharks. <laughs> Both the prosecuting attorney and the, and the uh, defense attorney were like, wait, where, where have you been? I said, I've been here. I haven't, I've, I chose not to read anything about it, right? I was so tired of hearing, hearing about death and everything else. So I ended up being seated on this, on this jury. Mm-hmm. And the judge, the judge was about, seriously, he was about 6'6". Six, six. Full head, white head, uh, white hair, just big, tall, nice guy. He said, all right, uh, we're going to come back in two hours and start with the opening arguments, and you guys got two hours to get your affairs in order. I'm like, what? Mm. Whoa, whoa, hang on for a second. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> I'm like, can I still leave? <laughs> like, no, yeah, you're in. That, that's what the, I think you started out by saying uh, vordeur, vordeur, however you pronounce it. Vordeur. Vordeur, yeah. And that's the part where they're they're basically filtering you in yes. and out with some questions. Mm-hmm. And the term itself means uh, to speak the truth. Uh, it's an old English language, but that's what they were doing. They were checking to see who they want to keep, and you happen yeah. to be the one that answered their questions just right. Well, I, apparently wrong because I got on the tri- I got on the jury because I had read nothing. I should have lied, but then I'd be worse than I found out, and I've been railroaded. Well, okay. that that's another podcast. Right, but anyway, you got you got stuck, selected, yeah. and it was time to come back. Right? It's time to come back. So I, I called uh, Jude. I said, "Hey, I got selected for this trial. It'd probably be a couple of days. I don't know what's going on here." So, anyways, they started off, and, you know, they did the opening arguments and stuff. So there's me, I think it was, was 12 people on the jury? 12, yeah. 12, and yeah. then there's two alternates or whatever. Right. So, the 12 of us um, were, were together, and we did the first day. And the second day, we all were given instructions. Now, if you've ever been in a courthouse, because this, this is a county courthouse that I was in. I don't mm-hmm. know. Most courthouses are county courthouses, mm-hmm. I assume. Right. Um, unless it's a federal courthouse. This is a county courthouse. In the city of Ann Arbor, if you've ever been in one and looked at the the different sheriff deputies there, right? There must be like a six two rule. <laughs> they were all just huge. Just I'm like, so I was talking to one. So I made I was told to show up the next day, what time? But they didn't give you any kind of warning of what's happening, right? Let me let me explain what that means. Everybody and their mother was there. CNN News, ABC, everyone was there, right? Watching this, right? Right. So you have, they all know who you are. Right, right. They all know who you are, but you don't, you have no idea who they are. Exactly. So when you walk down the hall, it's almost like you are carrying an infectious disease. The, The hall just splits in half because you're a juror, right? Yeah. You got one family on one side, another family on the other side. You got cops, you got mm-hmm. reporters. You just walk down the hall. So I'm walking down with my head down. I get to the jury room, and one of the six foot two sheriffs is there, and I'm like, "Hey, is there a rule that you got to be six two to be a, a, a sheriff, county sheriff? Wait till you see our boss. You'll have a good laugh about that." So I saw the guy, and he was shorter than me. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm getting ready to finish talking to him, but the bailiff. Now, if you ever watch the TV show, there's a bailiff, right? Right. Well, our bailiff was a woman, and she was probably six one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, and she wasn't a in a in a uh, police officer's uniform, just regular clothes. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Jeffrey, get in there, because I wasn't supposed to be talking to anybody. I didn't know. I didn't know the rules, so I get thrown into the jury room. Inside the jury room is a collection of people. Strangers. Strangers. There you go. You want to talk to strangers? You. You and I have the ability to quickly figure out who people are. Okay, so let's just put it there. So, anyways, I, I, we go in there and and uh, 
we go through the trial, but then they kick us out and to go and collaborate or whatever the hell we want to. So we go through the trial, we do all this. But I will say these words. I don't know how many people listening to this have ever been a juror on a murder trial. But it's not like TV. No one's yelling and some all of a sudden some magical evidence come up. There's a video of a guy actually doing it. None of that even. No. But I will say this. If you have children, you do not want them on either side of those, one of those tables as a defendant or as a victim. That was heartbreaking. That was very heartbreaking to see. And unfortunately for, for me, I'm saying me, but all of us, the defendant was black and the young lady was white. I mean, you just, I mean, just, you got any more gasoline you want to throw in this thing? I mean, yeah. so anyways, we watch video of him doing stuff. We listened to his interview. We did all these things, blah, blah, blah. And we went through all this evidence. People <clears throat> got up there and they testified. You had the, the coroner, some experts and DNA analysis. Um, you, we went through all of that. Now, here's some lighthearted stuff that happened in this. I'm juror number seven. I'm closest to the uh, gallery, right? And I hear this noise. And it gets louder. Lady fell asleep and was snoring. Jeez. What I did not know. This is what I didn't know. Everybody in that courtroom. As jurors. Everyone in that courtroom. We were the most important people in there. Right, Right. I didn't know that. So I raised my hand. And I stopped the entire trial. And I was like, I can't hear. And they moved the microphone, but then they found out the lady was snoring, and they threw her out. Uh, but it was on the defendant's side. It was a lady snoring in, oh, in the gallery. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, that, that was some funny stuff. But then I was always the last one back into the jury room. Mm-hmm. And the bailiff would always say to me, Jeffrey, close the door. Because I would close the door to the jury room. It was it locked, right? So anyways, I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I take the door, and I'm... It, it, it closes out towards the courtroom. Right. I'm shoving it, shoving it, shoving it. Finally, open it up, and I look up. It's the judge. <laughs> He's like, you didn't know I was coming. No big deal. <laughs> so I just walked. I'm like, what the hell? Anyway, I don't want to go to jail. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to jail. So anyways, the next, very next day, Jeffrey closed the door. So I closed the door and slammed it. Two seconds later, the judge comes walking through. He said, you didn't know. I'm like, maybe I should know by now that you're right behind me. I don't know what you're doing. Anyways, so those are some of the lighthearted things in there. But some of the heartbreaking things is, you know, you're watching this trial go on, and then you become a leper. I sat down for lunch. I would eat outside because I would take my lunch. I didn't have any money. I would take my lunch and sit outside. Was it in a brown paper bag? I'm trying to picture it. Or did you have like a Superman lunch pail? I tell you what, why don't you picture it how you want it to be, and then that's what we'll let everybody believe it is, because you, you got jokes and candy right it now. It is a brown paper bag. Of course, or Superman lunchbox or Dukes of Hazard, whichever one you want. Okay. So, I was sitting outside eating, and the, the two um, detectives from the uh, state the state trooper detectives, mm-hmm. they walked by and were talking, and they stopped and just staring at me like I had two heads. Everybody walking by would just stare at you like you're either, I'm like, why are people just looking at me a certain way? Anyways, that's kind of how we all felt. Well, as the trial went on, I found out that one of my neighbors, you remember my old house? Yes. You go down the street yeah. at T's Inn. He lived right there, like two houses down on the left from the T. So Wait, wait, the state trooper? Mm-mm. Oh, the murderer. Of, 
Can you let me let me finish saying what I'm saying? You might understand it. I found out that one of the jurors lived down the street from me. I was going to say juror until you start telling telling jokes. Okay, my bad. So we'll call him Mr. Borders because he worked at Borders Books. Not for long (laughs) because they shut down. So we had this collection of people. We had we had Borders. We had Starbucks was an older lady. She was retired. She had nothing else to do. She mm-hmm. would bring in Starbucks and make coffee for us. Yeah, that's good. Well, nice. it is, but then the, the <clears throat> deputies would show up and start drinking the coffee, and the bailiffs was yelling at them. But we had um, Hippie Girl, and we had uh, Rommel. Do you know who Rommel is? Rommel is the general guy in the, the Nazis. Rommel, he was one of uh, Hitler's guys. Oh, she okay. was a jury foreman. I got you. So we call we had nicknames for everybody, right? So <clears throat> we did a raise your hand if you think he's guilty kind of thing. First go round, I didn't have enough information to think he was guilty. This stuff they didn't show him killing anybody, right? So as the evidence went on, I started. Were, were you the only <clears throat> one that didn't raise your hand? Mm-mm. Oh, I was no. gonna say because they was gonna call you hold out. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> Okay, you didn't have enough, so the Did, second go around, go ahead. This is not Twelve Angry Men. You've ever seen that movie? Actually, that's an outstanding film. Okay, it is the oh, old. My. It's the original version, the black and white you should watch. Twang, okay. we have time. Twelve Angry Men. Okay. So, <clears throat> anyways, the second vote go around. The second go round. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, hey, you know, he is guilty, but I need to see some more evidence. Blah blah blah. The man was guilty. I don't believe in coincidence. But what really got me was when the detective said, I need you to draw the room because he broke into her room and stole some stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. They found it on him and they found his bodily fluids on her. Mm-hmm. Now, that just doesn't magically walk through the door. You got to be in the room. Right. So um, when they said draw the room, he drew the room. Then they said, draw where she's at. He's kind of scribbled like he didn't want them to see what he saw and what he did he didn't draw her not even a stick picture nothing it was like scribbles but everything else is neatly drawn right then you know they had his dna they had matching fibers from his stuff they had video of him all these things i don't believe in coincidence but that was not a coincidence he did it did he mean to do it i don't believe he meant to kill her but he did she ended up dead she's no longer with us I got to that point where I, where I voted him guilty. This is where we failed as a jury. There were multiple, there were multiple, um, um, what do you guys call them? Things that he did, counts. Clues. No. Um, charges. Charges. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there were multiple charges. We were only focused on the murder tra- charge. I mean, mm. there was... It was like a home invasion, this yeah. and that. They were loading up, I mean, making up stuff, clear coat, whatever it was. So anyways, um, we got stuck on murder. So there were everyone, there were 10, 12 of us, two people held out. It was a black woman and a white lady held out. And we couldn't get them to see what we saw. The black lady was not going to change her mind. She was doing interviews, talking to the press afterwards. I'm like, she's just trying to hype a brand or something. I don't know what she was doing. But anyways, the other lady was so afraid to convict. Hmm. Now, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but after everything was done, 
the judge, the prosecutor, the two detectives all came in and talked to us to get our take. Starbucks was crying like we failed. I don't know how we failed. I see the system worked. It did what we it was supposed to do. But when we listened to the two detectives interview this guy, the one detective was just pounding away at him, had him all cornered. He had him hemmed up. There was nowhere for him to go. Mm. The answers he could give back to this detective was nothing but the truth because he had him all, because he walked him into a corner, right? Right. Then his partner rolls in. Hey, man, we just want to be your friend. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're messing up the rhythm. And I said that to the two uh, detectives. I said, you had him. And I pointed, it was, it, was a, it was a black detective and a Latino detective. The black detective had him all hemmed in. And I said, you had him. I said, you came rolling in with your being your friend stuff, and that didn't work. Why did you stop? And he said, I didn't even, he, they were like, we didn't even notice when we were interviewing him. How could you not notice? They could have gotten a confession, and I wouldn't have wasted two weeks of my time. But anyways, um, Borders lost his job because Borders closed. Hippie lady, I don't know what she was thinking, but Rommel had, she basically said he was guilty before we even started the trial. Think about that. She was already in the mindset that this kid did it before we even started the trial. <clears throat> now, epilogue. I got a call from a, a um, I'm going to wrap this up. I got a call from a TV station in Grand Rapids, Michigan. This young lady was from out in that area, Grand Rapids. She went to Eastern. They called and said, we want to interview you. I'm like, no. He said, we're already on our way. Just just meet us somewhere. So I met him in a park by our house. And I said, who is going to see this interview? He said, people in Grand Rapids. I'm like, fine, I don't know anybody in Grand Rapids. So they interviewed me. I went through, I kind of told this kind of same story I told you, whatever else. Um, and they show the interview. The family, the brother of the young lady who was killed, called me. How do you get your phone number? Because I'm in the phone book. I am phone not. Book. What the? <clears throat> I don't even think they have phone books anymore. This, this is 2007 or 2006 or something. Okay, go ahead. He called you. He called me. And he said, hey, uh, I saw your interview. I'm like, hey, whoa, hey. He's like, no, uh, you were right. I would like to tell you the whole story. I said, oh, okay, I'm down. So he came to Ypsilanti. We sat down and had lunch. And he brought these, and I still have one of the Jones bottles. You ever Jones soda? No. Doesn't make it to Indiana. Okay. Nothing makes it to Indiana. Anyways, um, <clears throat> we sat down for lunch, and this is what he said to me. He said, this is what you didn't know. Orange Taylor was stalking my sister. That wasn't in the trial, because the defense attorney was able to get that squashed or whatever. Hmm. He was stalking her. He gave me multiple different areas in which, yeah, he did it, you know, that kind of thing. It confirmed what I already thought, but I thought it was very interesting that he talked to me. He told And he told me all about his sister, how she's doing a charity, that Joan Soda is a charity. Joan Soda is a, is a soda, but you can put pictures on it and you can sell it. for. And her picture was on the uh, soda bottle. She was doing some things for, um, for a charity she was working with. She rode for the Eastern Michigan University uh, team. She lived in the same town as uh, some friends that lived next door to my in-laws on the lake. Uh, so people knew who she was. And my problem with this whole thing is, until I did that interview, I was never able to tell the story. 
everybody would come at me and only want their bit and piece of it. Mm-hmm. Was he guilty? Did he do this? What about this? And then walk away. I was never able to tell the whole story, right? Right. right. I was able to let go of it. But um, I will say this. <clears throat> you don't want to be on either side. You don't want to be on either side of those tables. But if you do get picked, and I know you made fun of me, it is your duty. And you, if you do end up as a defendant, you want to hope that people are taking this seriously, or even the victim, that people are taking it seriously and not just half-assing it or mailing it in or convicting before you even get even start the trial, as Rommel did in our trial. So you guys did convict him of murder? We hung the jury because oh, we wow. had two people holding out. They brought him back up, and within hours, they, they, uh, the new jury convicted him. I got lambasted on the internet. I, I got called by the newspaper. Guy was asking me questions so fast on the phone that he, because he knew I was about to hang up, so I gave him just two sentences. People know who you are when you're on a jury. I got lambasted on the internet, like I, I held out. I wouldn't even want to hold out. So I, vet, well, the guy, I was voting guilty, but um, no, we hung the jury. Hmm. We, we, I tried to explain this to people. The system worked that time. That's what it's supposed to do. And the judge even said, hey, we'd much rather let the guy go uh, free than put an innocent man in jail. Hmm. But he did do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But according to you, they're all guilty. Okay. <laughs> so listening to this entire thing, there's a lot of time, effort, and energy from the law enforcement side that's put into this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, the experts that went up and talked and all the different, you know, DNA people or whatever. But for someone, yes, they didn't do their job or they already made up their mind before. These officers put a lot of time and energy into it. Mm-hmm. And if you, like he said, don't take it serious, you got to think about the man hours. Mm-hmm. You got to think about the blood, sweat, and tears that they have. They don't want to be wrong, mm-hmm. so they do a really good job of making sure it's done right. Mm-hmm. So, I listening to your story here, I'm thinking from the law enforcement side. Do you, you arrest people? You file the charges and everything? I find it very hard to believe that any detective or police officer is out there just making it up. Just making it up for the sake of doing it. <laughs> I doubt that. Does it happen? I'm sure it does. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones we talked about in the episode before last month about mm-hmm. the ones who aren't involved in any kind of sport and they just, you know, don't even stick around very long and they just, you know, out there playing. But uh, I think about 99.9% of the officers out there doing an excellent job and they put a lot of time in it. Mm-hmm. They put a lot of care into it and they want it done right. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, if you're going to be a selected, for crying out loud, be there. And when you say be there, be all in. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't go skipping. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, wait, I'm just saying that. I didn't mean that about you. Yes, what, you what did. What are you getting upset? <laughs> it's not like you got mad. No. Why did you get mad right away? What's the matter with you? <laughs> I don't understand why you got mad right away. Because you because you were taking a shot. Oh, okay. No, anyway. No, I think your point. No, no. I know we're running over, but here's the deal. I, I like your point. Nobody's thinking about all of that. To even get it to trial. Yeah. Do you know how much... Yeah. It's a lot of legwork to get it to trial. That's right. That's right. But yeah. this is the problem that we have. We, I could not sit there and say I was thinking about him being innocent before he was guilty, but I did allow myself to be try my best to be in those moments and listen to the information coming through. Because if I made my mind up right away, I'm mailing in the rest of the trial. Yeah, you wouldn't heard anything. Rommel, Rommel made her mind up. 
Now, I don't know what her past is. I don't know what happened to her or whatever it is, but she was the foreman. She mm-hmm. was all in. I'm not saying she was wrong, but you can't guess at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's <clears throat> right. So even now today when you sit back and watch, be it a police officer on trial or um, a defendant on trial, do you think there's still people sitting up in there just going, hey, right off the bat, they look at them and go, no, they got to be guilty? I do, in any trial. But here, but here, this is what I also know on the other side of it is. Let's say there's no video, and we're talking about evidence. Mm-hmm. You don't get a whole lot of stuff to go on. Yeah. I was waiting for the video of him doing it. Yeah. Hey, that's how the TV shows and movies do it. <laughs> I'm just waiting. On, this is we just going. This is rubber stamp at this point, yeah. right? Yeah. No. No, it you. Didn't it didn't happen, and it, yeah. what my fear is. Sometimes people believe they know what they know exactly what's going on. They don't. Right. Right. And and what's even scarier is what you guys got is from news coming from that trial. Excuse my language. It's all bullshit. Hmm. The media was just feeding stuff out. Yeah. I mean, no, it, none of that was was even close. Well, let me <clears throat> ask you this, Joe. And, and I, like I said, we, we got like two minutes left. Why would you want to be interviewed by the news, be it from whatever state, whatever area? Why would you want to have that conversation? Why are you thinking about that? Because remember you said the one lady went out there, the black lady that said, he ain't guilty. I don't know if she sounded like that. But, I mean, went out there and said, he's not guilty. And you said she wanted to get her time or whatever. What made you do the exact same thing? So that was immediately after the trial. They police escorted, sheriff escorted us back to the uh, parking garage. Mm-hmm. We slipped out a back door because mm-hmm. everybody and their mother was there. Why I did it is this. Everybody was asking for their piece of the story. Nobody. And I got to tell you, it was therapeutic as hell because nobody wanted to hear the story. Nobody wanted to know what the hell we went through. I joked about Starbucks and all this other stuff, but it was hard. It was draining because you are now saying, I'm going to put you in jail forever or I'm going to let you go. Mm-hmm. You become judge. I don't, I know that I am not a judge. I'm not talking about a judge in the, uh, in the court system. So right. you asked me the question is twofold. I got tired of giving my bits and pieces. I needed to tell the story. Second thing is I needed that off my chest. Mm-hmm. I needed that to, I need to give that one away. And, and thank God it was a news crew from Grand Rapids, which I never saw the footage. Right. Don't care to see it. I know it's it, up there somewhere. It's floating around in the world somewhere. Mm-hmm. But point point is, some people do it for different reasons. I needed. For, I know if I didn't do something, if somebody didn't sit me down and listen to the whole story, I'd, I'd still be carrying the weight of something around. Mm. That's a hard thing to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because as much as you you got jokes for as much as you joked around, it is a duty. But the the thing that everybody needs to remember is this: nobody wants to do it. But if you are chosen, you better damn well be all in, because you have somebody's life, their their company, whatever it is, in your hands. It's not the judge, it's not the prosecutor, not the defense attorney, not the bailiff. It's you. It doesn't matter if it's a dog bite, if it's a stolen car, or if it's a murder trial. It's on you. Hmm. Well said. Well spoken. 
<laughs> what do you mean, dad jokes? You said you skipped. I just brought up the part that you skipped. That's, that's it. It's the fourth time you said that. I know, but did, that's not jokes. You're no, honest. That's not I, a joke. I, I, did, did I didn't you hear me laugh? skip. But did you hear me laughing? But, but I you, didn't laugh about it. But, but you're making a sound. Anyway, what's, making, coming up, what's coming up next month? <laughs> <laughs> what's coming up next month? You got <clears throat> Well, you know, we're going to rewind here because, you know, we have these uh, trials and stuff mm-hmm. of uh, okay. the, the uh, insurrection, which is a riot, January 6th at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. I really want to dig into the Capitol. That that whole thing, so. Okay, you're not gonna forget the officers, are you? Who? Okay, see, <laughs> yeah, we, we can scratch that then if you're not gonna have the officers involved in it. My goodness, that's what this whole thing is about. Okay, that's the purpose of talking about okay. it. Okay, anyhow, all right, folks. Again, uh, Jeff, we always want to thank you for your insight on different things, and uh, we get a chance to do this and talk about things and go into rewind. Chicka, 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 rewind. And uh, get some uh, information off of some of the old uh, stories we talked about. Uh, next next month, we'll be going into the uh, January 6th. Is that what you said? Yeah, we're going to talk about some of that uh, police involvement and uh, probably some of the mindset of what the people who were there. But uh, we'll talk about it and let you guys uh, email us or talk to us on what you think about it. Again, thanks for listening to the Police Pod Talk. We will catch you on uh, our regular Mondays, but again, next month with Jeff. Jeff, you got anything to say before I go? No. Okay. (laughs) Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.